1: 971 FM Talk, On Demand Audio. Ian Shear,
2: CNET Editor-at-Large, with us this afternoon to talk AI and some other tech issues. Ian, how are you on this Friday evening?
3: I'm doing okay.
2: Are you a football guy or not?
3: Um, well, when, I'm, I'm enough of a football guy that I, I can actually understand the game when it's on, and I watch usually the end of the season.
2: But You're not a football guy, okay? That answers that question. I yeah. was. Well, do you have a pick? You well, know? I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I do. Do you have a do you have a <laughs> gut check for this? Uh, we well, you know we got Kansas City about four hours away from here. We're Chiefs fans in St. Louis since we don't have a team.
3: Yes, and uh, honestly, the fascinating thing to me is that. A lot of my friends are just not excited at all. Of course, the, pr- the problem I have is that most of them are Patriots fans. Oh which, yeah, I, yeah. Nobody wants to. Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, we're just hoping kind of for a good game. And there's there's a lot of hurt feelings here with the NFL. A lot of people in St. Louis don't want any part of it either, just because of the Rams and the way they left. So I'm I'm a big NFL guy, and I am a, I'm a I share my loyalties, which some people have problems with that because I'm also a Packers guy. But it's always good to have a backup team like this year, team in the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to apologize for that. We have yeah. Matt Polly coming up here in a little bit to talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl as we take you into the weekend. I've spent, Ian, um, a little bit of time here in the last month, not as much as I probably should, which is one of the reasons I'm having you on here, talking about this chat GPT thing. And when I discussed it at the early part of January, I don't even know if I had my arms around it completely. Maybe I don't at this point. But the more I find out about this, it's um, boy, it's impressive, but it's also frightening, I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, it's really – what's interesting about this stuff is that it's designed to take a lot of what we've seen from artificial intelligence, right? computer programs, uh, that are able to do stuff like uh, understand the requests you make, understand – Experienced with Google and with all these different things, and it, it is—it's—it's it's very promising, and it feels like it's kind of an evolution of technology, uh, very much like when we moved from keyboards and mouse to to hand gestures with our, you know, when we had the smartphones. Um, but it, I, I, I'm really curious to see where this is all going to go.
2: So let, let's back up just a little bit here, when yeah. when because I don't want to lose people, and and this is all rather new. Chat GPT, what? is it? Describe what it does, what it is, how is this artificial intelligence?
3: So, uh, what what's going on is that um, there's this technology that's been built over many, many, many years uh, that is basically able to have a computer give you responses and understand how to talk to you in what they call kind of natural language, right? So, Uh, imagine, for example, that you type into a Google prompt right now, you know, you want to find out who's playing the Super Bowl. Well, normally it would just kind of spit out a basic answer, maybe a list of websites for you. But with this technology, what they're able to do is actually give you kind of the response you would get from a football fanatic, right? Which is, you know, they'd say, well, you know, the, the, the game is on Sunday. These two game, these two teams are playing against each other. It's going to be held at this place and all of this type of stuff like that. Right. So the, a lot of the the thought here is that this technology is able to actually seek out information on the web that's you know, organizable, right? And spit it back to us in a way that we actually understand it, instead of the stilted language that we've gotten a lot very used to with with Google and with Bing and all these other search engines.
2: So, um, and let me kind of. Walk me into the Bing stuff. I've made fun of Bing for so many years because every once in Hear a while, that. like this, this has happened at work where you know I'm a Mac guy. I'm on my iPad right now, but we have Microsoft and all that. And I remember that some of the computers here at work, which I just won't use anymore, would have instead of Google as the default, it would be Bing. And my my experience with Bing is it sucks ass, and I never can find. I mean, there's such a dramatic difference between what I can find on Google search compared to you know Bing. However, now I'm hearing that maybe they've upgraded that, and their artificial intelligence is rather impressive. What do you know about that? What can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah, so, you know, of course, one of the things that's really fascinating about when all these, these technological shifts happen is that... Suddenly, all of the people you thought were the power players and the most the most uh, powerful companies in the world are suddenly possibly turned upside down and so Bing is a is a search engine that's owned by Microsoft. Uh, not a lot of people use it, and uh, the joke is that most people who use it have it default on their computer that's why they use it yeah, it's not yeah. because they chose <laughs> right and uh, you know look it, it's a search engine it's obviously not Google. But what's interesting is that they have partnered with a company that makes the, te- the, uh, that makes the technology behind ChatGPT. So now we have all of this very natural, interesting computer capabilities coming into Bing. And you can do stuff like, say, you can, you can send it a request saying, okay, give me an itinerary. I'm going to go to Mexico City for four days. Give me an itinerary for a family of four. And it'll spit back an entire itinerary. It'll actually do the, the the work of figuring out, okay, which landmarks should I go to? How long will it take at each one of them? It actually is able to take a lot of that information. that normally you just get a list of, you know, 10 best places to visit in Mexico City. It's able to actually understand a lot of that and organize it and give it back to you. Uh, there's it's really fascinating even being able to do stuff like asking it to uh, say, okay, I, I, you gave me that. Now, can you please uh, show me what tickets are available on the airlines? And it'll spit back what airlines and what dates. And so th- those, that's really what's fascinating about it. Is that, so, yeah,
2: um, basically we won't yeah. need people. We will not need people anymore into the, <laughs> the near future. You know, because, you know, when you talk about this, and, and uh, you and I have talked about it a little bit, and now that I'm understanding it more, I think, you know, the thing that always jumps out to people at first is, oh, wait a second, there's going to be kids that are going to do their college papers and their high school papers on that. That's about the least of our worries, I think, at this point, when you think about some of the implications. And they're not all probably bad, but there's the good, the bad, and the ugly all mixed up in this, right, potentially? As
3: as as with any technology right and and so Microsoft right now is considered the leader. Google is going to have their technology uh, uh, released sometime soon. It's going to be called BARD, B-A-R-D. I'm sorry, that's an, a new term you're going to have to get used to as well. Uh, but, I, look, uh, you remember when Wikipedia was becoming really popular, and there were all these conversations that were happening on about, you know, what, should we be banning Wikipedia from classrooms? What does this mean for the way people are learning and studying and all of that? You know, Google has always been accused of killing the card catalog. And and the reality is that people learned over time how to use this effectively. There's amazing stuff that this can be done that can actually help people, uh, and and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't just have to be concern about possibly it being used to plagiarize and whatnot. Well
2: what wasn't there I know that CNET has a piece, in share from CNET is here about the robot that uses AI to paint things, but wasn't there also yeah. an art contest where an AI-generated picture? You nailed it. Won? Yep. Yeah, and and that's kind of, I mean, it was a beautiful picture, I saw it, but that's kind of frightening, too, isn't it?
3: Well, so, you know, the one thing we haven't told everyone listening is that, you know, beyond text, right, you can also, there are actually programs made by the same people who made ChatGPT, uh, and there are other ones out there as well, that you can say, send it a, a, a note and saying, you know, show me a picture of a... Of a astronaut feeding ducks, right in the in the field, and suddenly it'll actually generate an image that looks very realistic of that, and it's completely fake. Uh, and these these what's what's ended up happening is that people said, "Oh, this is really cool." So they'll give it a prompt for a really beautiful painting that they want to make, and then someone decided to enter that painting into a into a contest and actually won. And everyone debated all of a sudden, well, wait a minute, is a computer allowed to be in an art contest, right? Can a computer really think in a way that we consider art to be a window into the soul and all these other things? And it's actually raised many questions about what the nature of what human beings create is and what the nature of what a computer creates is. And, I, I mean, it's amazing to listen to this.
2: Can, can you describe, um, because for, for the rest of us out here, and, and I think a lot of people are just learning this and, and trying to yeah. catch up with what it's about, and you know, uh, even in the last six weeks, I've learned so much more, and I've done a few segments on it, but you're in the tech world, so would you say, how would you characterize the reaction of, of the folks in your world when it comes to this type of technology? Is there still a fair amount of anxiety while at the same time being a little blown away?
3: Well, we we've known this was coming for quite a while, and uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about it. You know, one of the things that Mark Zuckerberg, the the CEO of uh, you know what is now called Meta, right, but the company that owns Facebook, he showed off a while back a computer program that could actually read the entire contents of a book and then answer questions about it in a new way, right? So you give it, you know, the fairy tales book, the 101 fairy tales, and then you say, you know, which of the three little pickies, and it'll actually be able to understand and respond back in a way that you expect kids to be able to when they're doing tests on reading comprehension. So we've seen this technology coming down the road, but what's really fascinating, and I think this is what's really cool is that just like when the iPhone first came out in 2007, and I don't know if in a year we'll be making fun of all this or not, so I'm not saying anything, but when the iPhone came out in 2007, we all had seen a lot of that technology, but it repackaged it in a way that suddenly captured so many people's imaginations that it really changed the tech industry. And I think that's what we're going through right now is that, Google and Microsoft and all these other companies are taking this technology we've seen for years and actually making it useful and applying it to our lives in a very different way. And so, yeah, everyone's quite surprised and and really trying to figure out, is this the next tech boom or is it just going to be a joke in a couple of
2: years. You know, and it, it makes my brain hurt from the standpoint that I feel like I'm at the point right now, I'm going to ride out all this technology into the sunset here for hopefully a little long time. I'm not even 60 years old. I turn 58 in a month. But I think about my kids. You know, my I have a young daughter. I have my kids in my 20s, and their lives are going to be, you know, we, we've come a long way since 2007. Let's think about that just from the right. iPhone. Think about another 20 years, and it, it kind of does make your brain hurt because the possibilities are pretty crazy, and a lot of good possibilities. I don't know about you, but I always felt like there'd be, at least at this point in my life, some cars that were flying around or something like that. Like if you go back to, <laughs> I'm being serious, like you go back to when I, was eight, yeah, when I was 18 years old, we all grew up on the Jetsons, we're like, you know what, by by 2020, we're going to have some flying cars. Well, we don't have quite that yet, So, but the next 20 years could be interesting for sure.
3: Yeah, look, and, and what artificial intelligence is able to do already is really fascinating. And I, I mean, I've been in testing areas for car companies where they show me a lot of the self-driving stuff that they don't put on the road right now cuz it's not there yet but in a, in a, in a controlled atmosphere is shocking at what it can do it can park itself and all sorts of stuff like that it can find itself in uh in a, in a parking garage and come back to you like all these types of things that are really really cool and so yes it it does change the nature of what what it's going to be like to live in the world just like You know, we suddenly are all carrying around supercomputers in our pockets. We weren't doing that uh, back in 2007. And by the way, it it completely upended stuff like the camera industry. It completely Mm -hmm. upended all sorts of other things, right, that nobody expected. Uh, So, yeah, and I honestly don't know what it's going to mean. I'm a writer, and I'm talking about a thing that can write. But, you know, I do like one thing you brought up, the Jetsons, in all sci-fi that I know of, there's always a human being who has to tell the computer what to do, even if the computer does a lot of the hard work. So hopefully, I'll have a job, at, <laughs> at, you know, at some point, at least ordering it around.
2: Oh my, it's it is really interesting, though, some of the things that are happening. All right, before I let you go, there's one story on the scene that that I have to touch on here, just because I'm baffled by it. I guess this is a technology um, story. Chick-fil-A to start selling chickenless sandwich. What?
3: Yes. Uh, well, look, the, the reality is that one of the conversations in the tech industry and why, why, why the heck would CNET write about it yeah. is that uh, all of this alternative meat stuff is, is becoming quite an attraction for a lot of investors and all sorts of other stuff, right? Impossible meat, beyond meat and all that. And look, it's interesting because it's gotten reaction from people that's in somewhat negative right some of the some of the people are like you know what are you trying to do here but the truth is that um there are groups of people who you know vegetarians vegans who benefit from this stuff and honestly uh, as someone who tried out making for example cauliflower pizzas at home a while back i i found a recipe that i actually preferred to normal pizza so hey this might it. actually be Stop it might be good it might be sheer.
2: good oh my god cauliflower Chickenless chicken sandwiches. You know what? I've never been this. This. I said this the other day in the office because my um, my daughter. Uh, we have a, a young producer here named Hannah who works on the show before mine, and she's been helping out with my daughter, taking her to tennis lessons, and you know sometimes takes her to dinner on Tuesday nights beforehand. And was going to go to Chick Fil A. I've never been to Chick Fil A. And when I when I admitted that, I was judged harshly by two by <laughs> Hannah and Anna, another girl that their heads swung around like what? You. I felt like I was being judged because I'd. Never well, been to Chick-fil-A.
3: Look, it, it's, it's tasty. I'll give you that. Uh, look, it, The reality is that there's that the way that we make food is changing. The way that we consume food is changing. It's been changing forever, right? I mean, if you remember the time that you first tried a Jelly Belly, and you're like, how the heck did they get <laughs> that root beer feeling in my mouth? Like, that is technology, too. So I, I, I'm really curious to see whether this works out. I mean, Chick-fil-A, they are about chicken. Selling anything other than chicken is a really hard hill to climb, but if they can pull it off, it, it's going to be really fascinating.
2: Ian Shear from CNET, always a great conversation, especially as we take you into the weekend. I'm going to pin you down, though. We're going to come full circle here. You're going to pick, because I'm I'm absolutely no good at this, and I can tell you I think I know what I'm talking about with football. You're going to pick the Chiefs or the Eagles right now. Chiefs or Eagles, pick.
3: I mean, obviously the Chiefs. I'm not going to talk to someone from where you are no, and not you, say that. You
2: can say the Eagles because you'd probably be right. It's going to be a good game. Try to enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the weekend, and Sure, We'll talk soon.
3: Absolutely. Take care. Get more at 971talk.com.